Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker, established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base. JonesWalker.com. Additional support comes from Luba Workers Comp and by Shuerden Associates, legal recruiters in Louisiana and Texas. From Commander's Palace Restaurant in the Garden District in New Orleans, we're out to lunch with Peter Raschuti. Peter Raschuti is Tulane University's A.B. Freeman School of Business professor and economist. It's business, New Orleans style. Hi, I'm Peter Raschuti. Welcome to Out to Lunch. Because you live in New Orleans, there's a good chance you know something about construction. Whether you had to rebuild totally after Katrina or you just put in a new bathroom, you'll know there are hundreds of decisions that you have to make and a seemingly never-ending number of different people you need to coordinate. To say nothing of figuring out where the money is coming from and where it's all going to. Now imagine doing that times a thousand or maybe a million. That's what happens when you put up an office building, a hotel, or some other piece of major construction. For some reason that we're about to find out, in a small office on Britannia Street in New Orleans, Scott Wolf figured out how to make this process way easier for everybody in the construction business across the U.S. A few short years ago, Scott started a company called Zlean. Today, Zlean has over 50 employees and over 16,000 customers in all 50 states. Scott, welcome out to lunch. Oh, thank you, Peter. Glad to be here. Now, while Scott was starting up his company and figuring out how to get people into buildings, Andrew Preble was starting out his company, which was figuring out how to get people out of buildings. We met Andrew here on Out to Lunch when he was launching what seemed like a crazy idea, a real-life version of a board and video game that he was calling Escape My Room. The concept is that you get locked in a room with a bunch of other people, and using clues that you find in the room, you figure out how to get out. Well, Andrew's crazy idea wasn't so crazy. Escape My Room has grown into a company called Delaport Ventures with 10 employees who design and build all aspects of Escape My Room. The game has moved into a second, bigger location, and it's hugely popular as a night out in New Orleans. Andrew, welcome out to lunch. Thank you for having me again. Scott, the concept of what you're doing at Zlean is deceptively simple. You're taking the enormous number of headaches out of construction by taking over all the paperwork that nobody wants to do. You keep projects compliant with relevant local permits, and as the name of the company suggests, you secure financing to the tune of $250 million a month. This business would be a big deal anywhere. It's something I'd expect to hear grew up in Manhattan or New Jersey. How did you get to be the first person in America to come up with this idea on Britannia Street in uptown New Orleans? Well, um, so uh, interesting note, before I, before I answer that question, I've never met Andrew before. I never had, I had no idea what he did. So I have a whole crew of people going to this business yeah. of yours tonight. Oh, cool. <laughs> no way. Yeah, yeah that, that they're yeah. going over there tonight sweet, to go play sweet. that game. Yeah, um, <laughs> so just, this that, never works out this that's well. A, yeah. that's a, yeah. It's a strange coincidence. <laughs> Um, so, I, this is one of those businesses that it was, it was a little bit of a, of a happy coincidence how it all came together. There's a, there's a nice two-drink story behind <laughs> why I, how we wound up here. But I think the, the, the short answer, the concise answer, is that it's a really weird thing that we looked at doing and a really nuanced thing. And it just so happens this particular nuanced thing had a lot of, has a lot of demand and it touches a really, really sensitive and really 
expensive part of the construction process, which has led to a success. But it's a really complex, um, it's a really complex product that we built. Now Scott, can you help me out with where it fits in the process? Uh, I decide, uh, I'm a contractor, I decide to build a hotel in mm -hmm. downtown New Orleans. Where are you in that part? There's all this stuff in the back end, all the administrative stuff that people do in the offices. They don't do it out in the, the field of construction, they do it in the offices. And one of the major things is payment. Now, getting somebody paid when you're selling tennis shoes, let's say you're in the business of selling tennis shoes by the crate. Somebody calls you and says, I need 10,000 tennis shoes. And you send them 10,000 tennis shoes. And then you send them an invoice for it, and they pay the invoice. There's a whole industry around helping people do that. Construction is really uh, a really perverted way of that particular process because you have lenders pay, hire an, uh, an owner getting a lender to give them money. The owner hires a general contractor. The general contractor hires a, a whole army of subcontractors. Those subcontractors hire subcontractors. They get their supplies from suppliers. They get their equipment from equipment people. And then the process of those people asking to get paid what they're owed, and then the process of those people paying those people is uh, quite an affair. It's a convoluted process, and the fact of the matter is there's a lot of places for money to slip through the cracks. And that's a big pain point. And where that pain point manifests itself is that when money slips through the cracks, there's a bunch of positioning that happens from the people who are looking to be paid and the people who need to pay. And, the, and those parties have a lot of risk because the dollar amounts that slip through the cracks are usually very high dollar amounts. You know? Frequently, it's funny, we have people come into our office who are, we have a number of employees and sometimes they are young people and they'll be working on these projects and they'll see things come across the desk like an $800,000 claim or a $4 million claim. And it's, it's serious dollars. So when you have a really messy process and uh, pro that messy process touches, has such a consequential dollar amount associated with it, there's um, a lot of benefits to making that process better and there's a lot of opportunity there, and that's where we live. We live in the opportunity of making that risk, of, of minimizing that risk for all the people who are involved. Now, Andrew, you told us last time you were on the show that you'd come back from Berlin, where you'd opened a New Orleans-style restaurant without at the time knowing much about Berlin or restaurants. You came back for a visit and decided to stay because you thought there was a great opportunity to open this gaming experience, Escape My Room. At the time, I thought you were a smart guy who would end up doing something interesting, but I thought it would be probably the next thing after this idea. Then I started hearing from all kinds of different people who had been to the room, giving it rave reviews. Chris Kehoe, one of the tech guys here at INO Broadcasting said, and I quote, it was probably the best night of my life. Now, uh, this might mean Chris needs to get out more, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. But, uh, but Andrew, what exactly is it that you've captured here that makes being locked in a room such a successful business? Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm not 100% sure, but um, I can make some guesses. And I think, so first of all, escape rooms were not uh, my idea. It was an idea that, that started in Asia or perhaps even Eastern Europe and then... Um, jumped across the pond at some point and maybe maybe just about three years ago they came to the United States and North America and I had heard about them and was intrigued but had never been to one of these um, because there weren't any nearby New Orleans and I thought you know this actually sounds like a really cool idea um, I grew up playing um, 
video games as a kid and these point-and-click adventure video games. I thought, how cool would that be if, if you could build this space that is like a, a game, but in the physical sense, and you get to play it with your friends, and you get to um, experience everything in, in real time and with real people and, um, and real objects. And um, so, well, you so, know what yeah. I was going to ask you, Andrew, is that you've got uh, 10 employees. Yeah. Um, when I go there, I, I couldn't quite figure out what do they do? Are they. Yeah, so, um, and those are, those are full and part time employees, but um, we have. Um, so every time you go into the room, we have people watching you. And we have two rooms open right now. And so that means we have two people there okay. um, welcoming you into the experience and then putting you in the room and watching you while you're in the room from another, um, you know, from our command center. Um, they're not in the room physically with you. but And they um, also design, which is... Yeah, they also help point. design the rooms. Um, and we, we have two... I think we'll eventually have six rooms in this location, but um, the the third room now that's being designed is an inventor's attic, and they're they're a, a big part in that in planning all of the puzzles and the the um, the look and the feel of, of the experience too. So you know, you're getting such great reviews and all, but how do you do, how do you measure success of this? Yeah, I mean that's that's kind of a hard question too. It's um, we we want everybody to have a good time that comes through. So um, and we are very family friendly, and we um, we look at our online reviews constantly and and see what people are saying. We um, solicit feedback from people after every time they've come through. We send everybody an email, no matter what, and say if there's any problem, let us know. Um, and if you like the experience, and please please let us know. Um, as well, and um, and in terms of uh, more traditional kind of success measures, are you? You're I mean, we booked? don't. Yeah, yeah, we're booked. I mean, we have we we have money coming in, so that's good. Um, yeah. You know, I'm not great with accounting. I failed the class, I think, two or three times before um, <laughs> dropping out of so business altogether. Yeah, but um, I, you know, we have a good accountant, and um, I just <laughs> recently was accepted into the Goldman Sachs 10,000 Small Businesses oh, Program. Oh, terrific! So That's that great. orientation is tomorrow for, for wow. that. So hopefully, I'll learn a little bit more about uh, business and and how to measure um, success in oh, more I've uh, financial terms. I've spoken over there. Terms, You're going to be the so. fun guy in the room. That's yeah, gonna yeah, be, yeah. That's yeah, going to be great. So. Now, Scott, you've got Andrew trying to create surprises in a building, and you're trying to create no surprises in a building. <laughs> this is. Uh, when, how, first of all, beyond, beyond New Orleans, did you, first of all, did you get started here and then push the business out, or how did it work? Beyond New Orleans, interestingly, we're, we're here in New Orleans. That's where our office is. That's where we have operations. But our customer base is not here at all. Um, we never really had a, a groundswell of customers in a particular place. If I had to guess where, I, not guess, but if I thought about where our customers were, they're probably in California, mostly Texas, New York, Florida, kind of in, in, yeah. in relation to the demographics. Um, there's we have Louisiana users, but this, is a particular, this particular business is not one that we had to go pound the pavement in the traditional respects and build up a clientele here in the city. Um, it's a it's a web-based business. It's a SaaS business, and its clientele is everywhere. As if it was a, you know. But I do I have to ask you about one question. Yep. I love the term of one of your products, the the lean genome. Uh, yes. <laughs> what is that? I think I know what yep. the DNA genome is. So what is this? When you're in construction, everybody on the project 
every single, every party on the project has to interact in, in the course of making requests for payment and making payments. They have to interact with lien compliance. And it is different depending on where they are, what they're doing, what kind of, what kind of work they're doing, how far removed they are from the owner. And what the lien genome is, is pretty much having mapped out that policy engine. We mapped out all those differences so that a company, uh, like an example of a company who may use us, there's a, um, a ThyssenKrupp Elevators. ThyssenKrupp Elevators starts projects on like 60,000 elevators across the country every year. And what we would do is we would take those projects, we'd take those, the, the record of those projects and map it to all those, one thing we would do for them is map it to all those compliance items. And then we would take the actions that are needed to be taken for them to stay compliant. So we tell them what the sales tax is and then we file their sales tax returns. Oh. And so we're doing the same thing for them through, through across the portfolio. I would assume projects. this is the part of the business they hated anyway, right? Oh, nobody likes this at all. <laughs> That's always where the money yeah. is. You don't yeah. really fight away people with sticks in the building saying, I want to do this, <laughs> I want to do this work more, please. <laughs> don't take it from my, don't take it off my plate. <laughs> now, Scott and Andrew, it's the part of the show we call your brother-in-law. Uh, picture this, you're taking a rare day off from work, relaxing when your phone rings. It's your brother-in-law. Normally, he only calls when he wants to stop by for dinner, but this time, things are a little different. He needs some advice. Uh, now, Andrew, your brother-in-law tells you he's got a great idea based on Escape My Room. It's called Submarine Shipwreck. It's basically the same as Escape My Room, except people are submerged in a tank in the aquarium, and an audience can watch them try and get out. Uh, are you up for partnering with them? Um, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm interested in cool, creative ideas, so I'd love to talk to him more. And the challenge, if, if people are watching you um, play it, then they may know the, the secrets then in the room and it may be hard to um, you know, have people want to play it if, if they already know what's going to happen uh, in, that, in that sort of space. So that's where I would say you know, need some work. I was thinking uh, about uh, this when I thought of the submarine, I thought back at your Escape My Room. Can people come back again? Does it change over time? No, so the individual rooms, they change slightly as we refine them, but... Um, but basically, they don't, and so would they still we have enjoy two. It a second yeah, time? Um, we've had people who have come a second time and either on accident or you know they didn't realize they had they had played it before. <laughs> I you know I don't know someone. I was just escaping from someone's home. I didn't realize. Yeah, who knows? Yeah, thing. who knows? But um, and they've still had a good time. I mean, I think it depends. Um, we don't encourage anybody to come a second time to the same room, and that's why we've opened multiple rooms, and oh. eventually we'll switch out the oldest rooms um, so that if people do want to, um, you know, if people have come every two months or three months, and they can always have a new experience that they can, they can play. And we'll, so. we'll tell your brother-in-law to yeah. swap out submarines every yeah, once sure, in a while. This. Sure. <laughs> now, Scott, your brother-in-law says he's heard about a great opportunity. There's a couple of Russian guys in New Jersey who have got deals to supply cement to a bunch of huge construction projects on the East Coast. They're looking for a partner. He can buy in for $200,000. He wants to know if you'd meet the Russian guys and see what you think and maybe go in with them. What do you tell them? You know my brother-in-law. <laughs> way too realistic. No. Um, I would tell him absolutely, absolutely not. Okay. <laughs> That's not my jam. Um, I don't. Yeah, I don't necessarily like um, things that seem concrete. Oh yes. To, to use the to use the term in, and two, you know, in two different ways. So uh, what I really like about our business, <laughs> yeah, is I like 
I like that um, we have a product. I like that we have um, it's a scalable product that you can you can build a corporation around it. Th those types of businesses, I'm not really a big fan of. You're listening to Out to Lunch. I'm Peter Raschuti. My guests are Scott Wolf from the phenomenally successful construction industry support business, Zeline, and Andrew Preble from the equally phenomenally successful live game experience, Escape My Room. Now, Andrew, I've got, you know, every time I, I uh, hear about what you're doing, I keep thinking it would be really good for... Uh, uh, corporations to, you know, those kind of team building organizations. You ever get sure. those? Sure. And that's a, um, that's a big and growing uh, part of our business, certainly. And as we add more rooms, more people can come all at the same time. I think that's been the holdup in the past with each room can only hold eight people and they're in there at least an hour and then in the whole experience for an hour and a half. So, you know, teams... Um, or requests that we've gotten are usually bigger than eight people. And so um, if they all want to come at the same time on the same day, then it's hard to accommodate a, a group of 60 people coming. But um, over the summer, I think, I'm not sure how many we've had now, but I think over three or 400 Home Depot managers from all around the area have come, you know, who knew there were so many Home Depots and Home Depot managers, but they've, they all had they've those come. Orange um, it was great. It? Yeah, and, um, and they've come and brought up uh, People, you know, I think it was almost every week this summer, there was a new, you know, a new group of, of people coming through. And um, is that kind of what yours is for? Is it yeah, Scott? it's a team building. Yeah, team. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, and it's a so fun. So we have to see if they still like each other tomorrow? <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> yeah, no, it's a really, you know, it's a, um, you're in this experience together. You, um, it's way more interactive than a movie or, mm -hmm. um, you know, even just going to a bar, you know, is, is something to do, but but then you don't have something you're trying to accomplish. And so since you're in this room, you're locked in this room all together, you have something to accomplish. It's really a bond, you know, bonds do form and, and we have an open ticketing policy. So that if you um, only buy two tickets, there's a chance other people could be paired with you in the room. And um, it, it, for the most part, it works out fine. And those people do even walk away as friends because they've now had this shared experience of, of working together. Oh, and, you know, you know and what I would do? I would use it as a way to um, interview people, like well, watch them. Huh. Yeah. Yeah. yeah well, idea. I mean, I mean, I think, um, you know, McKinsey does that already probably, or, or the state department, but um, <laughs> <State> department. <laughs> when you're hiring people, you come up with different ways to test certain competencies. I mean, that's, if you're doing a good job hiring people, you're coming up with competencies of what you need, and then you're figuring out ways to test and, and judge it uh, objectively. And there's a lot of competencies that, I didn't think about it in the way you're suggesting, but it's a good idea. If you're looking for people who are resourceful, people who could be jacks of all trades. Another, another thing we found too was that it was a, a nice equalizer um, in terms of teams. So the boss didn't necessarily do any better than, than uh -huh. the employees. And so um, that was just a, you know, a, a nice way of, of um, telling everybody on the team that they're all important in this in this machine of, of being on a team I would together, have been that so. guy that said, no, boss, I never would have thought of that. You know, try to schmooze the, uh, the guy on the thing. <laughs> yeah, the weasel in that thing. And Scott, the more I hear about your business, I just wonder how big it can get. I mean, it seems, frankly, it's just so scalable. Yeah, it's a, you know, we have a lot of really high hopes for the business. We, we're very optimistic about how big it can get. Uh, we're not the only person at the construction payment party game. 
There's um, Oracle just bought a company that does something um, that's in a very, very similar space as ours, 800 million a couple wow. months ago. Um, and so when we saw that, we, you know, not only for construction technology in general, we were very happy to see the merger, the M&A activity around um, construction tech in general, but then for it to be right in our lane. If you've listened to the show over the past few years, you'll know there's no shortage of ideas in New Orleans for startup businesses. Now, not all of these great ideas succeed. Scott and Andrew, not only are the ideas for your respective businesses among the most uniquely original we've heard, they're also amongst the most successful. It's been really informative and fun learning about what you're up to. We wish you continued success and look forward to keeping up with both of you. Uh, thank you both for taking the time to join me today and out to lunch. Thank you. Thank you for inviting us. My guests on Out to Lunch today have been Scott Wolf, Chief Executive Officer of Zeline, and Andrew Preble, founder and owner of Delaport Ventures and Escape My Room. You can find out more about Scott's leans and Andrew's escapes by following the links on our websites, itsneworleans.com and wwno.org. Our show is recorded live over lunch at Commander's Palace in New Orleans. Commander's Palace serves lunch Monday through Friday, jazz brunch on Saturday and Sunday with live music and dinner seven nights a week. The producer of our show is Grant Morris. Our technical producer is Eric Merle. Our researcher is Matthew Ellison. Mitch Foreman wrote and performs all the music on Out to Lunch. Mitch's music can be found wherever great jazz is streamed or stolen and at MitchellForeman.com. You can get the show as a podcast. You can listen to past shows. And you can keep up with us on all kinds of social media by going to our websites, www.no.org and itsneworleans.com. If you want to know what we look like, and Scott is wearing a t-shirt with a big Z on it. You're going to want to see this. Uh, you can find photos from this show on our website and Facebook page. The photos were taken today by Allison Moon. Out to Lunch is a production of INO Broadcasting for itsneworleans.com and WWNO 89.9 FM. I'm Peter Raschuti. Thanks for joining me. I look forward to meeting you again next week around the table here at Commander's Palace. For more business, New Orleans style on Out to Lunch. Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker, established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base, joneswalker.com. Additional support comes from Luba Workers Comp and by Short & Associates, legal recruiters in Louisiana and Texas. Thank you.